officers run the Navy or the military, but it's enlisted to make the military run. I know that if I need anything, I can always rely on somebody. I can always count on them. I can always reach out. Somebody knows somebody and they just start networking and everything there. The reason why I'm here is because I surrounded myself with good mentors. Once I saw like my chief, how proud they were. They were yelling out Navy Chief, Navy Pride. They were super motivated and I'm like, I want to be that. Produced by Podcast Architects. You're listening to the Lead On Podcast, where we discuss experiences in the armed forces while exploring lessons from military leaders. Welcome back from CPO Pride Day. On behalf of the Enlisted Leadership Foundation and Podcast Architects, I'm Ben Wiggins, and I'm here with retired Command Master Chief and President of the Enlisted Leadership Foundation, David Deary. David, thanks for being here with us today. Ben, thanks, thanks you for uh, being here, coming out all this way, and attending this event it is it is our pleasure to be here and i've been sharing with our with our colleagues what like the the depth of tradition and and pride and honor here like you know values that we you know we see in the movies but but oftentimes as civilians like mm -hmm. we don't necessarily get to be associated with that on a regular basis it, this is such an exciting thing to be a part of you know it really is and there's such uh you know, the military is steeped in heritage and tradition, and the Navy chief even more so. We, we, we've been around since 1893, mm -hmm. and we were chiefs up until 1957 yeah. and 1958, when the Navy then created senior chiefs and master chiefs. Uh, this event going on around us and behind us was started 19 years ago by another master chief like I, like I was, um, just as a grassroots effort in order to celebrate being a Navy chief and the heritage associated with it. Absolutely. What is the, what is the most important takeaway that someone can come away from event, an event like this with? So our overall objective, if you will, is to take away the mentoring and the networking that takes place. So if you see people behind us wearing a yellow shirt, those are Navy E6s that are selected and will promote next week to a chief. This is really for all of them. They've been going through up to five weeks now of an initiation season, yeah. which um, kind of separates them from their peers as E6s, but then to welcome them into the new role they're gonna be as a Navy chief. So taking away the, the networking and mentoring here in one big location with over 2,000 Navy chiefs that were already wearing the anchor of the chief and filling your charge book. You know, people say my toolbox full of leadership nuggets. Well, they carry a charge book and getting charges, which is something that started 50 plus years ago. Right. So really the goal is to, yes, a visual representation of the networking and the mentoring, but then getting those charge books, filling that charge book, and it doesn't matter if you know the chief or not, right? It just say, hey, will you sign my book? And then we'll give them some words of wisdom. Absolutely. We are now more or less two years in mm -hmm. with Lead On, Lessons from Military Leaders, the podcast, the video podcast yeah. of the Enlisted Leadership Foundation. What do you think, what, what has surprised you the most about doing that show and then bringing it kind of full circle back to CPO Pride Day here? You know, uh, I think the thing that surprised me the most is 
Within the, in the Enlisted Leadership Foundation, as well as my own leadership, it's all about building relationships. And as well as I may know some of the guests, especially some of our very uh, first eight or 10, 12 guests, I personally knew, but yet, even though I know them, I'm learning stuff about them through the questions that we drill down to. Yeah. And then how many people have heard about Lead On and reached out to us to come on the show, complete strangers. Yeah. And that's been really humbling that it would be uh, so become so well known within the podcast realm that people would actually want to come on the show. And I'm not just saying, hey, Ben, here's another person I know. Here's another. I figured it would just be filled with different people that I've come in contact with over the years. Yes, in really the last probably 10 episodes have just been complete strangers. Absolutely. Do you, who is the, if you could pick out one person, kind of one avatar for someone that you would really like to, to watch lead on and to, and to take away uh, the, the lessons that you are, feel are being imparted there. Like who is that person? Who is your viewer? Yeah, so, so the viewer would be the junior military people mm -hmm. um, because you know, it, in the military, we're great about teaching you how to be a positional leader. Right. We're not so great about teaching how to be a relational leader. Oh, okay. And so oftentimes our young troopers, as they're being raised, more often than not, and this isn't a hit against anybody, this is part of the nature of the job, they tend to learn leadership based on those that led them. And often it's a do as I say, don't ask questions. Where lead on, we really explore the relationship building behind leadership. Sure. So I'd love for those junior troopers, and I say troopers because any branch of military, uh, to recognize, listen, yes, it's important. You know, rank, absolutely, and we all have a boss. But that's, a, to a certain extent, how much you make, not how much you know. And as a young 22-year-old E4 that maybe leads just themselves, there's leadership lessons that Lead On presents to help you be more successful as a leader. Because someday you're going to be leading, whether it's a spouse, whether it's your kids, or within the military or some civilian organization. You're going to be a people leader if you're not already. Absolutely. What about for a civilian, considering just engaging mm -hmm. with the foundation and um, and engaging with the leadership lessons that it imparts as as someone coming in who, who doesn't necessarily understand all the tradition and pride that an or you know that a, a massive and and powerful and far-reaching organization like the U.S. Navy or any of the other military branches has, how should someone like me think about that? Well, you know we come military members with a real intrinsic resume of, hey, we show up to work on time. We're loyal. We're faithful. We carry a lot of things that you. It, it's hard to somehow describe on a resume right and it's not always well you don't meet uh half of the prescript uh, the, the position description but what we do is we could figure anything out and we learn really quick and what a, a part of lead on as well as elf is you know as an illicit person oftentimes because we are the wrench turners of the military so we definitely know how to do a task, yeah. whereas you have your officers, they're more 
civilians tend to look at them as that manager leader person. Okay. 20% of the military is made up as officers, 80% of the enlisted. But what I aim to show the civilians is we are technicians that can lead, if not leaders that can also be technicians. Right. Right. And focus on, yeah, you should benefit from the fact that we can lead people and fix your crap, not just fix your crap and hopefully we can lead, right? <laughs> so, Makes sense. You, you know, because at the end of the day, we would humbly say officers run the Navy or the military, but it's enlisted to make the military run. Fantastic. If someone wanted to engage with uh, with the Enlisted Leadership Foundation, what's the best way that they could do that? Well, you know, like everybody says, go to our website, www.enlistedleadershipfoundation.org. Uh, but listen, catch us on any of the social media platforms and send an email. Yeah. Uh, the quickest way is send an email or go to the contact page. I, you know, we're, on, we're a pass-through nonprofit. We, there, there's seven of us on the board of directors. Uh, none of us make any money. We don't have any paid staff. Everybody is a volunteer. Even this event with 3,000 people behind us, that takes a year to put on. We'll start planning next year, tomorrow. Um, it's all done through volunteer work. So every dollar that's donated, every dollar that's made goes back into the foundation. I do all the behind-the-scenes website, all the CRM, right. uh, all that. So contact us. I'm going to be the one that's going to reach out to you. And whether it's just to learn more, Maybe to participate by giving some leadership. Maybe it's a donation. And honestly, I've t uh, Elf has turned more money down than accepted. And the reason why, there's a lot of nonprofits out there. Just in San Diego, there's over 12,000 veteran-run nonprofits. Within the United States, there's over 40,000 veteran-owned nonprofits or nonprofits supporting the veteran military community. Yeah. We may not be the right fit. I'd love to get $10,000, $100,000. I'd love to get $1. But if come to find out we're not really the organization to give that money to, then don't give it to us, right? Go find the people that meet the mission that you're looking for. So when we used to do things face-to-face, -face, I'd bring you to a graduation on board the Midway. And oftentimes it was like, you know, thank you so much. I love what you're doing, but you're right. It's not what we're looking for. Okay. Or, boy, this is beyond what I thought it could be, and I end up getting more money for the foundation. Okay. Any, uh, for, for, a, for a young aspiring military leader who's listening to this episode, and you know, with CPO Pride Day happening right behind us, what is, what's the one piece of advice that you would give that aspiring leader? Yeah, um, have fun. Yeah. Be humble. Yeah. And take care of your people. Now, take care of your people doesn't mean do the work for your people. But as a leader, if you want people to come to you before they get in trouble, you've got to build a relationship with them. You have to build trust. You have to open up to them. That doesn't mean you go on a first name basis and you bring them to your house, meet your family. But it does mean when you stop, talk to them, say, how you doing today, that you're actually paying attention and listening, that you don't have an ulterior motive. Mm. Right. And uh, you really got to build trust and you build trust through building relationships. Within the foundry class, we have a three-part model called uh, Speak, Share, Shadow. Yeah. Um, leadership starts with communication, nonverbal and verbal communication. So you communicate. Then through communication, you're sharing. You're sharing about who you are, and that's how that trust is built. And when that trust is built, then they start to shadow you. You can't speak and go straight to shadow without sharing. 
and you can't share without some sort of communication. Yeah. And it, it, and that's kind of what, so just start communicating. Oftentimes, when you can communicate, when you're authentic, when you're humble, the rest takes care of itself. Outstanding. Well, David, congratulations on two years of the show. Thanks, man. Congratulations it. on an outstanding event today. Thousands of people here on Silver Strand Beach. Uh, it's, it's really incredible to be a part of. And uh, thank you for your service. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Welcome back from CPO Pride Day. On behalf of the Enlisted Leadership Foundation and Podcast Architects, I'm Ben Wiggins, and I'm here with right, Senior so Chief Amberina Panton. Uh, tell us a little bit about your perspective on today and uh, what it means to be a part of CPO Pride Day. Wow, um, just being on the stage, is, it was very breathtaking in the morning, being able to look out into the crowd and truly see our past, our present and our future chiefness like right in front of us. And it's an amazing experience that they have all this, the guidance, the mentorship and the network system and everything that we truly believe in, making sure that our backbone continues to stay strong. All of these people, all of these genuines are here today to making sure that it um, it's a continued uh, piece of our heritage and our tradition. Absolutely. What was when when you uh, were promoted from E6 to E7? What was what surprised you the most about that transition and you know all of the learning that followed? What was what was the thing that was least like what you expected it to be? The fact that we are constantly learning every single day, we're growing and we're getting that from each and every one of us. Every one of us comes down a different path, a different road, and being able to become, be in a fellowship that actually continues on with that, um, that backbone and everything from them has helped me better grow as a leader, as a person. Um, I know that if I need anything, I can always rely on somebody. I can always count on them. I can always reach out. Somebody knows somebody, and they just start networking and everything there. So that that piece alone, the one when I said that's really a network, it's really a fellowship, it's really a brotherhood and sisterhood. That part alone, right there, you can be anywhere around the world, and if you need something, there's always somebody that knows how to get it for you or how to help you out in any type of situation. Fantastic. What about your relationship with the Enlisted Leadership Foundation? Tell us a little bit about uh, how did you first engage with ELF? Oh my God, I love the Enlisted Leadership Foundation. I first engaged with it with um, my senior chief Morales, Jessica Morales. Uh, she was very involved with it, and she helped me um, see what benefit and everything that they have what what they pour into us like they pour so much into our leadership development as genuines but also our sailors and everything as well so whenever she was involved in it whenever i was going through season i knew that that's what i wanted to also be a part of being able to um all the selfless servitude and everything that we have being able to give back into a foundation that is here for us that is here for our sailors and even along with uh, McPawn's guidance and with all the per- personal development as well as professional development, mm-hmm. it, it has that for us if we utilize the resources and everything that it does provide. And that right there is amazing how they can all come together, retired master chiefs, retired chiefs, retired senior chiefs, how they've all come together in order to make sure that it's a continued organization that goes even outside of our active duty. How has today been different from other CPO Pride Days that you've been a part of in the past? Uh, honestly, it just gets better and better every year, I feel. I think yeah. uh, I feel like this year we have way, way more people than last year. Um, every year it does get better. The um, 
The location itself has changed since COVID. So before that, we used to be on the Midway. And even from the Midway till now, it's to me, it's way better because more people are able to join us, more genuine and everything are able to come right. and participate in this um, in this event, which is way better, especially for all of our new selectees, making sure that they get that guidance and that mentorship from all those North Cal, from other states and everything come through just to be here at the San Diego CPO Pride Day. One piece of advice, something that might surprise a, a selectee in terms of something that would help them move forward in a productive and positive way uh, following their promotion, what would that piece of advice be? That piece of advice would be don't, don't forget who, where you came from. Don't forget that you can grow every single day and learn a different a different trade, a different value every single day. Don't stop growing. Continue to educate yourself. Continue to educate your sailors. Making sure that you are there for your sailors and making sure that they know all of the resources and everything available in order to make sure that they're developing their personal growth as well as professional growth. All right. Senior Chief Pantone, thank you so much for the time today. We appreciate you joining us. Appreciate it so much. Thank you. Welcome back. On behalf of Podcast Architects, the Enlisted Leadership Foundation, and the U.S. Navy, I am Ben Wiggins, and I'm here with Joel Rodriguez Rod, Booyah. the Command Master Chief of the Abraham Lincoln. Yes, sir. And as a civilian, I don't, I, I want to be respectful of that position and just allow you to tell the viewers a little bit more about what that, what that means. Sure. And what, you know, and your, your, how you're approaching today. Okay. Uh, so first off, uh, you know, aircraft carrier. We got uh, about 3,000 sailors that work for us a huge uh, opportunity as a command master chief and uh, just being able to see sailors thrive on our ship and what we do for the United States, one of 11 uh, carriers and, and uh, just something that I've always wanted to do in my career and to get it on the end is just something special. So uh, that alone is the, the cream of the cake, you know, uh, cream of the crop for me. Uh, being here though with uh, Dave Deary, the team, uh, been fortunate to have been part of this for 17 events. I've missed a couple. Uh, but my last, uh, they used to give ball caps. We didn't do it this year. Right. But uh, 2006 is my first ball cap that I got, I think, at home. Okay. And uh, every year coming back. This event is is not only a reunion for Chief Petty Officers, uh, May Chief in 2002. So a lot of us here in San Diego uh, look forward to this event. You get to see, you know, thousands of your friends, thousands of your brothers and sisters, and then bring the new crop in to replace us. And they're getting exposed to so much. Uh, you have the, the Mick Ponds here to speak to us, you know, our senior enlisted leaders, uh, past leaders that have come back for this event uh, itself. It has grown. I've seen it from its infancy stage. We used to be in Balboa Park to the Midway to uh, Rucco Park to now here, uh, Silver Strand. And uh, what a great event for San Diego uh, just in general. And to, to have these selectees be part of that is something special. What is the most important thing for someone coming in from an outside perspective for a civilian to understand about the transition from uh, selectee to uh, the, the legitimate Chief Petty Officer? Yeah. The, yeah, to Chief Petty Officer. So uh, it's something that's unique to our service. Navy uh, has this transition where uh, we hit the pause button. Most people would uh, just wait till they get paid other services and then they, they become the next higher pay grade. For us, we hit uh, pause for them. We go through a, an initiation. We've called it many things, uh, but we're back to initiation. So we groom those sailors. They get selected by a board. And then we have about six weeks uh, to train them, to give them uh, insight on what we do and value that, that time to make them better. So when they do get pinned finally, which for these guys will be on the 29th of September, 
yeah. uh, is something special. So in that training, it's specific. It's sit-down training with genuines. It's PT. It's interaction. It's events. It's things that they would never do. They have time with the CMC, my selectees. Value time. We give them uh, an hour, two times a week with me alone, which is which is something that they would never do as a group. Right. Uh, and that uh, uh, culmination for them inside of a six-week period is just something they're making memories, and they're going to get that what we do that is special to become a brotherhood in the Chief Petty Officer Mess, and they're going to carry that as they give it back year after year until they retire. It's obvious today, like all of the tradition, you know, all of the, the various, you know, flags of the day, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess up some of the sure. lingo here, but the different outfits and, you know, commands and so yeah. forth. Uh, what, what do you think is the biggest misconception that people considering a life of service, that people whose family members may be considering a life of service, what do they need to know about service in the U.S. military, the Navy? Um, what what do you what would you tell them if you had some of them in front of you right now? Yeah, so I mean, it's opportunity. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's different ways. You could go to college. You could go to school. You could go into industry. You could learn a trade, and you could come in the military. The the, the rewarding piece is we're in a, a different position uh, with near peer competitors. Things that are happening around the world today, and we need young Americans to join our service and want to protect this nations and what we what we value. And that's an opportunity, something that you can say, hey, even if you do three years, four years, and give back to the United States, that's what we want to see from our young Americans. That's what we want from them. That's what you get in the United States Navy. You are on the front lines of that thought period. You are the first to say, hey, only 1% did it in the entire nation. 1% people say, hey, I will enlist in, the, in a service. And that is us. And even if you don't retire like myself and you just do your time, I think you will remember those times that you were in the service and take that back home to wherever you came from. And that's how we groom other people that want to say, hey, this is what they need to do. But no time more than ever do we need service members to get in line and say, hey, we're ready uh, to defend this nation and, and our freedoms. Outstanding. One last question. If a young sailor aspired to be the command master chief of the Abraham Lincoln someday, what's the one piece of advice that you would give them? What What would you tell them that might surprise them? Wow. Uh, it is it is mentorship. Yeah. Okay. Right? The, the reason why I'm here is because I surrounded myself with good mentors. And when you surround yourself with good people, those people put you in the positions to be a leader one day. And when you surround yourself with good leaders, they become command master chiefs. And today we have outstanding group at the top. In my position, in my field, the top 100 CMCs, they continue to reach back and say, hey, you're a good pick to groom to those next levels. But we see that in the chief's mess, they'll become a chief petty officer. And one of these guys out here, or these females that are gonna be my replacement one day, uh, but they need to surround themselves with good opportunity and good people going in that direction. Absolutely. Rod, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate hey. you sitting down with us to talk about the events of, uh, of the day. It's so exciting to be Absolutely. here. Absolutely. So proud to be here. Thank you very much for the opportunity. All right. Thank you. Welcome back from CPO Pride Day. I'm Ben Wiggins on behalf of the Enlisted Leadership Foundation and Podcast Architects, and I'm here with NCC Kim Singleton. Kim? Thanks for being here with us today. No, thank you. It's always good to come back to Friday. It is It is a pleasure to be here. It's my first time attending. And as I've shared with uh, some of the other uh, some of the other leaders and uh, some of the vendors who have, have joined us today, it is, it's really 
fascinating to me as a civilian to see the you know the pride and the tradition and the, and the pageantry that's involved with an event like this oh yes it's amazing and being able to see the heritage come out all the mentorship that goes on the charges that we're giving to the new uh select so it's just a way that we are able to let them know like you know the past five weeks or so it's been a little tough but you know today this is what it's all about right this is what you can look forward to seeing on the other side what um what, what is most important to you about engaging with an event like this? Um, the most important thing to me is just my the presence of letting them see that, hey, we don't just talk about you know the fellowship. We don't just talk about the things that we do as chiefs. This allows you to be able to actually see it being done. And of course, I want to be a part of that. You know, um, I love seeing all the faces that I've uh, people that I met throughout the years and then uh, getting to know like the new uh, selects as well and giving charges and things like that. What if you could give yourself one piece of advice the day you joined the Navy, what would it be? Uh, one piece of advice, um, it's going to be patience and humility. Okay. For sure. Yeah. So that, you know, I don't always know, you know, the, the right answer. And if I get something wrong, it's not the end of the day, you know, like, you know, I have my fellowship mates to help me out and get me back on course. And, you know, just being able to say that I don't know something and asking the questions. Was there a moment where that advice would have been particularly helpful? <laughs> yeah, like several. <laughs> I can think of several different moments um, where that could have been uh, so somewhat helpful for me. Um, maybe whenever I first uh, made third class you know that was my first official leadership role and I thought I just had to know it all right that people are going to ask me questions and I just had to I had to know um but I quickly found out that I didn't know it all <laughs> and that came through counseling chits and whatnot um and that's when I was able to see the importance of having your chain of command to lean on and help you and guide you as you come up through the ranks so um that was probably one moment where <laughs> I wish I would have known what is what is next for you, for, uh, you know, in terms of your your career and your your path forward? What's um, what's what's cooking in in your world? Uh, well, I, I am a career counselor, so you know, my job is to pretty much show you know sailors the benefits of staying in and and the benefits of separating and just different paths that they can take uh, while they're in the Navy. So I'm exploring uh, potentially being a command senior chief, so on the enlisted side. But I'm also interested in being a chief warrant officer as well. So I'm kind of on the, the fence on which way I want to go, but I'm working towards both. What have you noticed about the, the characteristics or, you know, in terms of someone that chooses to stay in versus someone that chooses to, you know, to, um, to retire or depart from the service? What, uh, what, what tends to, to, is there a common thread that separates those two paths? Does that question make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Um, you know, as a career counselor, we're, we're taught to be unbiased. And so one of the things that I noticed is that drive and motivation to want to wake up and be 1% better than you were yesterday. And so what we try and, you know, emulate or show and tell that it's okay for you to do great things outside of the Navy as well. You can be great even without, you know, being in. Um, but if you're going to be here, we, you know, we expect a thousand percent. So sure. um, that's usually the commonalities that I see between the two. I'm noticing there's what what this event is kind of calling up for me as a former competitive athlete mm -hmm. like there's a lot of that same kind of like we we 
I used the word pride earlier, but like there's a lot of, and I mean this as the highest compliment, like there's a lot of kind of chest out, like there's, you know, people are, you can tell that these are the type of men and women that are, you know, prepared to, to give everything to lay down their lives if need be in defense of the things that they hold dear. Um, what do you think are the most important things that the Navy or the other or the other um, branches of the armed forces do to, to cultivate that perspective? Um, I think just uh, that leading by example. Um, so I, I can't tell you who the very first uh, chief was, but um, there was, I remember coming through the ranks and seeing like, hey, um, once I saw like my chief, how proud they were. They were yelling out Navy Chief, Navy Pride. They were super motivated, and I'm like, I want to be that, you know. Um, and so that's what led me to want to, you know, do what it took to get to the position that I am now. And so um, I'm just grateful that I had people that were proud to be chiefs, that were proud to be in the Navy and serve for their country because that until um, that also uh, lit like a fire within me to want to do the same. Without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you'd like to share with our viewers? Uh, nope. Yes. If you have an opportunity to come out to Pride Day, I tell you is an experience like no other. And um, I know we've been doing this for 19 years, and I can't look. I can't wait for the next one, the 20th year mark. I'm sure there's going to be a lot to look forward to then. So, um, yeah, if you ever can get out to San Diego and come, please do. You don't want to miss something like this. All right, NCC Singleton. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. We appreciate your time. All right. Thank you. Produced by Podcast Architects.